We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, joined by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We greatly appreciate them for that. If you could uh, please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. We do appreciate that. It goes a long way towards helping us, also towards helping people find the podcast, which is also a very good thing. Andrew, it is uh, Friday morning. It's November 22nd. We're in week 12. How are you? I'm good. I feel like this day is already a win because um, just before we started talking, I was dangerously close to pouring an entire cup of coffee all over my computer. And uh, the fact that I did not do that feels like a win. Was it like on the desk and you almost tipped it or did you almost fall? Or what, give me, it's give me it's right on the version. desk here and I went to grab something. Uh, I mean, the, the cup of coffee couldn't be any more in sight. And yet <laughs> I like knocked it and I was like, oh my. And then thankfully I've taken a few sips. So it's like shaking in the mug. But it's like if I hadn't sipped any. It would have gone all over, but thankfully this mug is big enough where like it didn't quite get over, and so uh, everything is dry over here. And thankfully, I can continue working today after this podcast. Got to feel good. It's ten in the morning where you live on the East Coast, and uh, your your day is already a huge win. It's a win, yeah. Nothing, uh, knock on wood, but I don't know how (laughs) this day could possibly go down from here. So, wow, did you set yourself up for that? (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with karma the rest of the day. I really feel for you. I guess so. So. 
So let's jump into week 12. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, as I was prepping for the podcast, this is the toughest uh, toughest slate I had to prep for all season long. I thought that last week, um, just going through everything, and then really when you like when I dove into it, it was like, all right, I see like where things are going, and I, I can kind of figure out what I want to do. Uh, obviously, I play much more cash games, so it's not like I'm here trying to figure out all these different like stacks I want to try to get exposure to. Um, and so really I just end up taking most of my time to hone in on one lineup. And last week, um, there were two pretty clear constructions. It was basically McCaffrey or not. I mean, that, that was the case two weeks ago and is kind of the case this week, but I just felt like if you want, no matter what you do this week, uh, you're left with some really tough decisions and it's not like the. I really like this guy and I really like that guy and I'm going to have to choose one. It's like, I hate everybody, and I, <laughs> but I have to fill out a lineup. And uh, so hopefully this podcast assists me as much as uh, everybody who, who listens. I, I hope so for me too. I mean, it's crazy. We have we look at the slate. We have one game that's over a 49-point total. Yeah. That's, that's easily the fewest we've had all season long. You know, Usually we have three or four in there, but at least I got a couple in the 50s. We have one in the 50s this week. It's uh, the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Atlanta's fared by four and a half. How the, uh, how the Falcons' uh, fate has turned over the last Jeez. couple weeks since the bye week. They were, they were getting killed on defense. Now they have not given up a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Uh, 51 and a half is the over-under there. Only game over 49 points, as I said earlier. Uh, eight straight Tampa Bay games have gone over. The lowest combined total in any Tampa Bay game over the last eight has been 50 points. So they've been uh, they have been crazy with the over-unders. But eight in a row, you know, that's that's a wild number. You don't usually get that with the Vegas total. And the Buccaneers have allowed 27 or more points in eight straight games. This is a defense that is absolutely a disaster right now. Except against the run. Except against the run, and it also helps when Jameis throws a pick six to the other team every week. Right, right. I mean, it kind of just helps you see where, um, like, defending opposing running games is in the NFL right now. That you could be <laughs> yeah, elite. Right? Like, they are elite <laughs> yep. at this, and um, they just can't stop giving up points. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting game because, the, I mean, it depends how much you buy the Falcons' defense resurgence. I mean, they had the bye week. They were struggling. Back-to-back weeks, though, against the Saints and the, and the Panthers, zero touchdowns allowed. How how much do you buy into this? How much is this a two-game thing for you? Like, how, when you're looking at the, the, at the this high-total game, um, you know, what are you doing with this, the Falcons' defense right there? Well, I think it was just that Dan Quinn stopped calling the plays. And yeah, it they cer- like, certainly seemed to help a lot. Yeah, and um, I mean, 51.5 is still high enough. I mean, the Bucks implied total is 23.5, which right. and you know that um, Jameis is going to throw – 35 to 55 times like um, I thought you say 35 interceptions oh, yeah. um, so I, I mean from a volume perspective you know it's still going to be there so like no matter whether the touchdowns are there or not like he could yeah Jameis is like notorious for his like 350 yards and four interceptions but like they 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 don't run the ball that well they don't seem to like want to which I guess makes sense when you have Evans and Godwin catching passes um, but uh you know, if you can stomach 350 yards and four interceptions, then yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and the other game that's uh, a little bit towards the higher end of the total is uh, the Seahawks and the Eagles. Uh, Philly fared by one. I was a little surprised that Philly was favored in this game, uh, but I guess at home they still have the reputation also. But uh, that game is a 48 and a half over under, so kind of creeping towards the the high total. Um, do you like that game as a as a stackable kind of kind of game? I don't know how to feel about the Eagles. Like, it just seems like one of those teams that, like, you look at the players and you're like, I don't see how they score. And I just feel like everyone's always telling me, like, no, 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 like, 
Miles Sanders is really good. And, um, you know, they're, yeah, Ertz did, is obviously did, didn't beast. work last week as the, as the <laughs> chief guy Sanders last week. Um, yeah, it was ugly. Yeah. It just seems like we are used to seeing the Eagles be good. And so, but, and they do have a few good wins. Like it's not like they, they're terrible, but I don't know. I just, it's one of those teams that you're like, well, I should have exposure to a team that's favored, uh, with 48, with a 48 point total. And you're like, where do you even go? Like the, you don't want any of the receivers Ertz, I guess makes sense. Although, uh, Goddard is so much cheaper um, that you can make that case, but like you don't really want Miles Sanders or uh, Jordan Howard when he's healthy. So I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird one. Whereas um, you kind of know where you go with the Seahawks. With like you know you can play Wilson because you know you'll get the, your points there. Lockett has been uh, awesome recently. So is DK Metcalf. So they're yeah. uh, you know you got just from a fantasy point perspective, the Seahawks are easier than the Eagles. It, uh, it certainly is. Then as you slide down a little bit, I'll just go one more game since we don't have a lot of high totals. But 47 is the uh, the Panthers at the Saints. And that total's a little depressed based on, you know, Kyle Allen was terrible last Ooh. week at the Falcons. I mean, throwing balls in the end zone. I think he had four red zone picks. Yeah. It, it might have been three, but it was, either, it was either three or four. I mean, they're all as they drove down the field. And then just inexplicable passes, too. He had a ball to DJ Moore in the end zone that was like so not open and so poorly thrown. I was just, I was really surprised how bad he was, but the Saints defense is obviously really good. Um, so that one's at 47. It's in the Superdome. The Saints are always explosive in the Superdome. You know, Saints are not quite as explosive as they have been in the past. Uh, you know, Drew Brees' uh, yards per attempt when he, in the four games he played is, is lower than usual. He's in like the mid sevens. Michael Thomas is obviously a monster. So is McCaffrey, but I mean, that's our third highest game at 47. This is gonna be a slate where we're going to have to find value and, and good players in, in games that aren't, uh, aren't high total games on the Vegas slate. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, the McCaffrey, who's the most expensive player, once again, um, has, other than the Tampa Bay games, I guess, like, you would think this is the toughest matchup he's faced. And so, I mean, they got killed last week. Obviously, Kyle Allen did a lot of the killing. But to lose 29-3 to and still score 33 fantasy points, like, McCaffrey, it's crazy. Like, it's just crazy that um, the— the scores that he puts up when the team really isn't that good. And it's not like he's getting like 35 touches a game. Like this isn't Joe Mixon uh, volume that we've seen. Like it's, he obviously gets the, the high value stuff with all the targets, but I don't know. It's, it's like, um, I think this is the toughest McCaffrey decision of the season. Uh, I do too. And it's funny. You and I were chatting kind of like uh, halftime ish of the morning games. And as it was going through, you know, we got to like the third quarter and I, I kind of flipped that game off because the Panthers had three points and Kyle Allen was annoying me because I had DJ Moore in a lot of places. But you, you said something effective. Well, you know, at least McCaffrey's still the highest scoring running back. And I was like, really? And I looked they had three points. Ezekiel Elliott had scored twice by that point. Yeah. And I looked up and McCaffrey had 11 catches. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, I, you're like, yeah, he got bonus here. 11. I was like, oh, my God, he's got 30 points. And yeah. they don't, they haven't done anything on offense. They, I mean, in fairness, they did quite a lot on offense. It was just yeah, that Kyle just, Allen killed yeah. them so close. But, like, he was, like, I mean, they obviously ended up throwing a little more. But, like, he was definitely in range of getting the double bonus on, on DraftKings. <laughs> and it's just crazy to see stuff like that. Like, I mean, eventually finished one of the only 70 rushing yards because, I mean, when you have 14 targets, you're not going right. to get a lot of rushing yards. But, yeah, 14 targets and 14 rushing attempts, 33 points uh, in a loss. And and the obvious expectation is that they lose this week, but that hasn't really been a deterrent for McCaffrey yet. No, he's been he's been as, as damn game script proof as you can be. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
Um, so with the with the lack of high totals, we don't have a lot of mid totals. We do have a lot of low games. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's Buffalo uh, Buffalo hosting the Broncos. Buffalo fair by four. Over under the game is thirty eight, which is pretty gross. Both those teams average forty combined points in their games, so there's a reason that total's so low. Uh, the Giants, the Bears, is an over under forty. Obviously, you've got you know struggling. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky, maybe Chase Daniel, depending on. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be Trubisky, but um, you know he had the injury uh, injury last week that uh, felt like a fake injury to me, but uh, that's up in the. <laughs> air um since Daniel Jones has taken over uh you know some explosive games but the Giants have a uh, have a turnover on four uh, 24.7 percent of their drives which is the highest in the NFL so they are definitely turning it over a lot Jeez, that's wild yeah and then we got they got the Steelers of the Bengals uh, obviously you know all the injuries there we got Ryan Finley who really looked bad last week against the Raiders uh over under there is 39 so um to go with our lack of high totals we also have a, a, a pretty significant chunk of games who are around the 40 and under mark so it's uh it's been an interesting week looking at uh, the scoreboard this week and see who's going to score and where it's going to come from. You didn't even talk about the exciting uh, Jags-Titans. Oh, yeah. That's a, that one's a 41-and-a-half, and that's another game that you, you could see getting in the muck pretty yeah. good. All the way up to 41-and-a-half. Yeah, exactly. I, I had it at 41. At 41. And then um, there was yeah, another Ly- one, Washington-Detroit. Lions-Redskins Red, Lions yeah. 41 also. I yeah. mean, it's just— whew. It's disgusting. <laughs> Five games at 41-under is way more than we've had all year long. It's uh, It's crazy. Yeah, I mean— I don't know how many guys we were looking for in some of these games anyway. So, right. I mean, obviously, if the Steelers had Roethlisberger, then he and Juju would probably be higher and the total would be higher. But, like, um, I don't know. I probably wasn't, like, dying to jump into paying up for guys from, like, Detroit and Washington, Chicago, and I don't know. But I've, got a, I've got a couple of guys in some of those games. I, have, I do, too. I didn't want we'll to I didn't wanna say there. all of them. <laughs> uh, and in the primetime games, we miss out on the main slate. We had the Colts and Texans last night, which was kind of a gross game, but DeAndre Hopkins did score twice. Uh, we've got the huge uh, Sunday night game, the Packers at the 49ers, 8-2 and two versus 9-1 and one there. And then we got the Ravens and Rams on Monday night, which should also be a really fun game, too. Uh, Lamar Jackson coming to Hollywood. That should be a lot of fun. Will it be fun? Like, don't you just assume that the Ravens destroy them? I don't know. Rams That's a, a three-and-a-half-point three spread. I kind of think the, the Ravens rolled pretty good, but... Uh, I don't know. It's kind of the Rams' last stand here. They're six and four. Uh, they've been struggling on offense. I'm curious to see if the if you know McVay can get anything going against this Ravens defense because uh, the quiet story out here is that um, you know Jared Goff's been really bad for like 16 to 17 games in a row now, and Sean McVay hasn't really done much to kind of fix it. it you know the whole the whole genius thing, and obviously he's a really good coach, but um, I don't know. It's been a long stretch of them not being able to figure out how to really explode an offense. Yeah, I mean, all I see is that the Rams are terrible now, Scott. <laughs> that's what the internet's telling me well you know the internet uh, internet never fails you so i just right. keep going with that that's right and then on, on a bye week this week we have the chiefs which is obviously a big loss you lose a lot of their offensive players the vikings also and the cardinals so no kyler murray this week and the chargers so we have uh, you know four pretty good uh offensive teams at least we look at every week uh, you know the chargers have not been great but we usually look at you know keenan allen and mike williams and maybe austin eckler their running backs but that's, that's four teams where usually we get some players from so that explains some of the totals here yeah yep for sure so let's jump into uh, running backs. But first, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. The Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and the perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. If you don't score the perfect lineup, you'll still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. 
So we'll jump into running backs, uh, kind of start off our build and our slate here. Uh, you know, obviously you mentioned Christian McCaffrey a couple times already with the uh, the crazy game. I, you know, like I said, I looked up, they had three points, and he had 31 points. Pretty crazy. He has 40% of Carolina's fantasy points. No one in the NFL even is above 30% otherwise. That actually, like, sounds low to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's still with with two receivers who are drafted everywhere and people like, and it's just 40% of their fantasy points is wild. But you're right. I mean, that that doesn't sound wrong. That's for sure. I had this thought yesterday um, when I was looking at DJ Moore and I haven't looked into it, but, and obviously I'm sure somebody has it, but it feels like DJ Moore is probably near the top of the list in terms of uncaught targets. And that's not like because of him, just like I think Kyle Allen is terrible. But like we keep looking and we're like, oh, wow, you know, there's another double digit targets, blah, blah, blah. And we see games from more where it's like five catches on 12 targets. And then you look at like Michael Thomas and you're like, oh, 11 catches on 12 targets. And you're just like, you have to remember that targets are great, but we get points for receptions or half a point for reception on FanDuel. And so um, it makes you realize that like volume is important, but like McCaffrey, everything McCaffrey does ends up being a fantasy point, which is why he has this huge, uh, huge advantage. DJ um, Moore is at sixty six percent of his uh, of his targets caught, so he's uh, not the worst, but he's down the list a little ways. Right, but he's certainly up there in terms of like targets itself, like yeah, just and volume. He, and I bet you that target percentage has gone significantly up since uh, Kyle Allen took over. Too. Right, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, McCaffrey. So um, two weeks ago, McCaffrey was ten thousand, and I played him no problem. And last week he was ten five, and I played him with minimal problems. It, really, what what it came down to was we had at least one cheap alternative. We had two last week, not alternative, but to pair with him. Um, I think one of the weeks was a Jalen Samuels cheap week, yep. and then yep. last week we obviously had Miles Sanders or Brian Hill. Um, and this week we might have some, they're not as good. Um, but it actually went to the point where I was building lineups without McCaffrey. And I actually thought they made more sense than lineups with McCaffrey, which really scares me in cash games. <laughs> yeah. And that hasn't happened much during the year. Like you said, I think that the key to that is you know, obviously McCaffrey's been great, but the key is that those cheap options and we'll, we'll get to the cheap options in a second, but I think the other thing is that as I drop down, you know, 2,300, 2,400, there's a couple of guys who are very interesting at the running back spot. The first is Alvin Kamara. He's 8,200 on DraftKings, 8,300 on FanDuel. Um, you know, a guy who's due some TD regression at some point. His last touchdown was in week three. But they seemed to be, to me last week, I watched that game a bunch against uh, whoever they were playing, whoever New Orleans was playing. They, they, uh, they made a clear shift in uh, how they were using Kamara. It seemed to be a lot more touches last week. It was to it was uh, then their game against Atlanta. They had, he was like not involved and we yeah. just off the off the uh, the DL as I call it in baseball. But last week he had forty three snaps. He had twenty three touches. It looked yeah. to me like they were clearly figuring out that we sucked last week. We need to use this guy. He's our best player. You know, well second best player. Michael Thomas is pretty damn good too. But Carolina's allowed eighteen touchdowns to running backs, including multiple three touchdown games in the last four weeks. So uh, that was Aaron Jones and Tevin Coleman. Uh, I really like Alvin Kamara this week. Sean Payton always scares me a little bit with usage, but I think this is going to be a big Kamara week. Yeah, I mean, and he had 13 carries for 75 yards against this Tampa defense that we were saying is elite against the run. Yeah, like 34 points uh, they scored last week, and he had 23 touches um, and only had 22 and a half or 22 and change. 
uh, fantasy points on DraftKings. So, I mean, forget about like the touchdown regression. Like that's just way too many touches um, to then you see him against Carolina and you're like, that's that's who I want. Like I actually, um, Camaro was the first guy in my lineup this week. Oh, nice. And I went from like, all right, do I want to play Camara and McCaffrey? And like, that's when it gets really messy. And when you're like, all right, well, let me look at the Camara build. And then let me look at the McCaffrey build. And the Camara build is better, like from top to bottom. I mean, obviously getting 2,300 extra in salary uh, helps. But the way I was looking at it is the, um, there really aren't that many running backs that I want to play this week. Um, And like cash games, playing three running backs is pretty much what most people do. Um, because they're the higher floor players. Um, and then I probably won't stray from that this week, but when you look like, like if, if you play Kamara and McCaffrey, like you're, you're paying down everywhere else. Um, right. So if you don't want to do that, then you pick one. Um, and then you're left with, all right, I got to fill the other spots. But when you just go down the list, like Nick Chubb home against Miami is like a great matchup. Yep. But 8,100 on DraftKings is still priced as if he's going to get the the three to five targets that he got for most of the season. But with Kareem Hunt back, like those are gone. like Gone, like legit gone. Legitimately gone, yeah. Yeah. And so do I want to pay 8,100 for a guy who isn't going to catch passes? And I, I don't want to do that. Um, then you have like a banged up James Conner. Um, I'm just going down the list salary-wise. James Conner James Connor is out as of this morning. Oh, he is out. Okay, I'm yep. looking at the queue. All right. So I, I wasn't going to play him anyway. <laughs> but yeah, then either. you're like, oh, Saquon Barkley against the Bears. Like, there have been some good games against the Bears. But, like, Saquon Barkley has had, like, for me, too many opportunities and hasn't crushed it. Like, the Giants don't seem to know how to use this guy. And so I don't want to take up a roster spot in 7,900 on DraftKings for a team that, like, is playing a good defense. Yes, they haven't been great against running backs. But, like, I just don't trust the Giants to to use him. Um, I think part of it is that he continues to be priced for check down Eli Manning, and Daniel Jones just isn't that. And so that's another one where, like, the targets aren't there. Then you have Zeke against New England, and I pretty much never play people against New England. doesn't even matter the position. Um, <laughs> Josh Jacobs against the Jets. Um, my own... Cheering aside, like the Jets have been excellent against the run this year. And then and now he's, and he's not a guy that catches a lot of passes. Right, either. right. Yeah. Uh, and then the first one that like I kind of thought about was Leonard Fournette. And I did see, I wrote about this. Did I write about it? I don't know where I came up with this. Um, but Leonard Fournette has the third most targets in the entire NFL among players who have not scored a uh, receiving touchdown this year. <laughs> that sounds about right because it, uh, it it's felt like he just has not gotten the end zone all year long. It's been wild. Yeah, um, but the targets are there. Um, Nick Foles is back, which I don't know how that makes me feel. The um, yeah, he, he was had, he had terrible. Seven, seven, seven catches last week. Yes, that was that's nice. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He was terrible otherwise, though. Like, boy, the, was he bad? He has 19 carries over the last two games combined. That was uh, um, uh, on both sides of a bye, and. Um, there was that great line about how he spent the buy just like eating gumbo, which um, <laughs> I don't know if that helps or not. But then you're like down to like Jalen Samuels, who is probably appropriately priced at 7,200. But like when you've played Jalen Samuels at 4,000 or whatever he was yeah. like a few weeks ago, 
Yeah, four thousand. Like paying seventy two is a is a lot. Although he does catch passes and he has like yeah. a great matchup. But but both sides clearly priced him as if James Conner was not playing. Yep, absolutely. And but right, so you're not getting a discount, but like theoretically you should be interested in seventy two hundred for the starting running back against the, the Bengals, especially if he catches passes, although he's not really getting all the rushing attempts. Like yeah, and ben, and Benny Snell's going to be back too. I think right. they're going to get him get him involved there too. I just uh, I thought I looked at Samuels too, and I was like, oh, there's the price. I'm like, oh, I can do I can do. We can there's do other guys in that range I'd rather play. Right, uh, and then you get to Derrick Henry, who's who I think I might play, and that scares me. I think uh, I think Derrick I think Derrick Henry might be the highest owned guy on DraftKings uh, in the wow. running back position this week. Wow. He definitely feels underpriced against Jacksonville's terrible run defense. Um, he doesn't catch nearly enough passes to make it like an easy play. Um, but yeah, 6,900 is significantly cheaper than the guy, the, all of the guys I just went through. And so, and you're picking him over like Chris Carson against the Eagles. And the way you beat the Eagles is by throwing the ball. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, like hasn't really done anything to warrant, you know, taking him over somebody like Henry, um, even at home against the Raiders. And so, I don't know. Uh, you know. You know how many times Le'Veon Bell is top 70 yards rushing this year? I would assume zero if you said it. Once, maybe? <laughs> uh, nope, you, you assumed correctly. Zero. It was zero. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, and then you're kind of... That's, that's, not, 100, uh, that's not 120. That's not a, that's yeah. 70. <laughs> 70. It's, I, I, I looked at the game, or his game total twice. He has a 68 and a 70 and a 66, but never over 70. And it's not like he gets eight carries a week either. It's like, I was shocked to see that he hasn't top 70 yards. That is amazing to me. That is crazy. I bet that's never happened. 2.9 yards per carry. I I think he's getting to like historical territory of number of rushes to be under 3.0 yards per carry. There was a stat I saw a couple weeks ago that he was like getting close to it. And it's like, I mean, it's him and, uh, you know, Kalen Balazs is kind of taking some of the attention because I think he's under two. But uh, yeah, the Bell thing has, uh, I mean, granted, a lot of it's not his fault. Jets off at the line. I get it. But uh, he has been legit, legit bad. That's like a shocking, that's a shocking number. Um, but I mean, but the targets are there. I mean, he's got, uh, you know, he had nine targets three weeks ago, only two last week. But 6,400 on DraftKings is not a guy that you can just toss out against the Raiders this week, right? Uh, I tossed or him. Or can you? <laughs> I had no problem yeah. tossing him. Um, but I mean, 25, 22, and 20 touches the last three weeks. It's yeah. not like he's not involved somehow. But I mean, the, the lack of upside is appalling. But, right. When you're turning 22 touches into 44 yards, like, <laughs> I don't think you really want to yeah, buy in on that. It's it's pretty wild. So let me jump back to a couple of the guys that yes. you fired through. Uh, Nick Chubb is an interesting one. You mentioned the Kareem Hunt thing is real. I mean, I when we were drafting, you know, season long. So I said we. I was drafting season long this week. I was like, yeah, it's week uh, week eleven. Uh, they're not going to use Kareem Hunt, but he's very clearly the third down guy. Like he comes in every third down. He's getting a lot of passes. Um, I think Chubb for me is a really good GPP guy this yeah. week. I think I'd be a little worried in cash doesn't catch prizes, but I think the upside is massive. I mean, I think he's really good. He still had 20 and 27 carries last yeah. two weeks for 116 and 92 yards respectively. So he's still really involved, even though Hunt's catching the ball. But you just drop down uh, in a cash game. You just drop down that floor when you don't get the passes on third down. You know, especially on DraftKings, we get the full point for reception. Those you know four or five catches are really significant. That uh, it, it, it makes a big deal when you're paying 8100. Right. Like I, I'm obviously I mentioned Derrick Henry. So like, I think there is a a spot where you can take non pass catching running backs in cash games. 
But to pay $100 less than Alvin Kamara to play Nick Chubb. Yes, like the matchup is great. Home against Miami. Like this is what you want. But that just was like, I was more, I was thinking I was more likely to play Hunt in cash than I was Chubb based on their prices. What's what's Hunt's price? 5,600. Yeah. I mean, that's just hard. You gotta, you gotta hope that they have third down. My, my problem with that is that, uh, there, you know, there's a pretty good chance they're up in this game and maybe not passing on third down quite as much either. And do you give the guy who hasn't had any touches this season more touches because of that? Meaning, I, like, I does he hunt he more carries more... if they're winning? Yeah. If he, if they're ahead, that, that becomes a problem too. I think he, you know, they're like, oh, well, let's get him some carries in the right. fourth quarter. It becomes very real too. So I think there's uh there's just a little too much a risk for Chubb and Cash, but I do love him in GBPs because I think, you know, the, the, the 18 for 160 and three touchdowns is, is more in play with him than anybody else this week. I totally agree. Uh, so let's talk about uh, really quickly about Saquon Barkley. You mentioned him and the Giants not using him and does have 19 catches the last three weeks, but he also has 27 carries for 29 yards. And that is a real stat. Yeah. Like Le'Veon Bell laughs at him. Uh, yeah. Like that's 27 carries for 20 yards for Saquon Barkley, who is probably the most talented r- running back in the NFL. 2.6 yards per carry over the last four games. You know, Gurley was pretty good against the bears last week, but I saw 700. I'm like, oh, it's going to be Saquon Barkley. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to get him in. And then I looked at everything, and I'm like, it's just not blocking for him. It's just no, no big plays. It's hard to get explosive plays. And you're going against a Bears D uh, on the road. You know, Bears D is not quite the same as they were last year, but still good. And I just – I don't think I'm going to find a way to use him. And it's it's weird under 8,000 not use Saquon Barkley. But, I mean, it's this is just ugly right now. Yeah. I, um, I was saying last week – I think it was last week – that, like, there are some fantasy decisions that are, like, easy, like – you look at Kamara and you're like, he gets, he's probably going to get 20 touches in a game against a, a defense that's terrible against the run. Um, the Saints are expected to score points, like, and he's 8,200, like, play him. And you have yep. the, the list of things you have to say to yourself to convince yourself that Barkley is a good play. Like, as soon as you get past the second one, you're like, it, if it's this difficult to convince myself, I just shouldn't play him. Yeah, I, I agree there. I mean, you, you you obviously you think of last year and all the big plays, but just that's just not there right now. And and teams are obviously stacking the box against him and making Daniel Jones beat them, which you know has happened a couple times too. But you know, if you go into that game plan, I mean, clearly the game plan there is stop Saquon Barkley and figure everything else out. Right, right. So I'll just figure. So it Leonard out Fournette, uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette burned me pretty badly uh, last week. I played him just. I played him especially on Fanduel. He was really underpriced on Fanduel. He actually dropped on Fanduel. He's seven thousand on Fanduel again. Seventy three hundred on DraftKings. He was bad last week. Does it did have the seven catches, but he just did nothing. He does have twenty one targets the last three weeks. Last time versus Tennessee, he had my favorite line of the season. He was fifteen for sixty six with a sixty nine yard run. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. It's true, and it's crazy. Like he had that huge run, but he was so bad. He was like, he was like, I forget what it was. Like he was like ten for minus four at one point. You're just like, this is the worst game ever. They bust the seventy yard run. But what the heck do you do with Fournette this week? They're at Tennessee in a game they probably will be trailing, but he does get targets. Um, I'll admit I'm completely lost on on how to roster or not roster Leonard Fournette right now. The 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 my move for Derrick Henry made me kind of just forget about, not forget about Fournette. Because I actually consider playing both of them. And I'm like, why would you ever play two running backs in the same game, especially when only one of them catches passes? But then I'm like, 
if there's a game where you might do it, it's Jacksonville and Tennessee, yep. right? Like, <laughs> so yeah, like I, I'm shocked. How is this not the Thursday night game? It seemed like they always totally. play on Thursday. Oh, night. this is a classic yeah. Thursday night game. Although, yeah, the Colts uh, Texans is a pretty good Thursday. Um, yeah, that's true too. But yeah, and, and it's I, funny you mentioned you mentured Henry. Henry's 6,900 on DraftKings. We mentioned. Yeah, that I earlier. wanted to bring this up. He's, yeah, he's, he's 8,400 on Fanduel. He's like the second highest priced running back, and 1,400 dollars more than Fournette on Fanduel. Yeah, he's yeah second highest on Fanduel and the tenth highest on DraftKings. I mean, the, wild split. It's a wild split. Although when you look at it, like the guys ahead of him on DraftKings catch passes like that. The the full point uh, per reception is really like yeah. they really build into it. Like they they're expecting, and obviously Fournette, you know, with seven catches last week, like you're gonna get. Um, a higher price. Samuels is the same way. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I think there's a build where you can play both of them, um, which is, again, sounds weird because you're like, Oh, let me take two guys, um, in a game with like a stupidly low total, spend $15,000 on DraftKings to do it. Um, but like, I don't think anybody else should have more touches than them in the game. So I get it. I'm not going to do it, but I get it. Yeah, and you look at Henry. I mean, you got you talk about a, a struggling run day. Jacksonville allowed 100 yards to Marlon Mack and Jonathan Williams last week. Uh, Carlos Hyde was 19 for 160 against them the week before. I mean, we're not talking about Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara here. I mean, this is this is Jonathan Williams and Carlos Hyde. Jonathan Williams was good good again last night, but um, you know the thing with Henry, like you said, he's not very involved in the past game. He's never, he hasn't had over three targets all year, but uh, the volume will be there. He was huge in his last game against Kansas City. He's 23 for 188 and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, 6,900 on DraftKings, 8,400 on FanDuel is a guy that I think I'm going to play pretty heavily on DraftKings and not very much on FanDuel. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to pay more for Henry than Kamara and Chubb on FanDuel. Right, exactly. Like, once you get to that point, you're like, this is, this has gone too far. I'll so say he's now, real, he's oh, third in the NFL now, uh, in terms of targets without a touchdown. He's there at 58. Uh, Mike Williams is at 61. And Robert of Woods course is at he is. 71. Robert Woods is at 71. That's 71 wild. targets. He's played one fewer game. And he has zero touchdowns. And Devontae and, Adams is actually one behind Fournette, but only in six Devontae Adams games. not have a touchdown this year? Zero. Wow. 300-yard games. I would have lost, lost that bar bet. Yeah, 300-yard games and zero touchdowns. And Mike Williams is crazy, too, because he's like a big like red zone kind of guy, too. That, yeah. The Chargers offense is just weird this year. It's very weird. Um, last guy I want to mention in this range before we drop down, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott really quickly. You don't play anybody against New England. Uh, rough last two weeks on the ground. Did score twice last week. Had a nice uh, pass catch or a touchdown. Obviously a heavy volume guy. Uh, tougher game script, obviously, than normal. They are not favored this week. They're on the road against New England. Um, I don't see much to reason to play Zeke aside from the fact that in a tournament, he's going to be the lowest percentage going to be, and he's going to be all year long. Yeah, I mean, if you need low-owned Seven points, go nuts! <laughs> but low owned top stud running back in the game. I mean, it's a, you're talking about a guy that you know could blow up, but I, I, I there's not a lot of ways to see it really working out really well here, aside from the fact that he's Ezekiel Elliott and it's the Cowboys' offensive line. I think there's a there's a case to be made that he is like the third highest scoring running back in this game. I think Dallas wins this game. Whoa. Six and a half points. Yeah. I don't want the six and a half points. Straight up win. You're you're crazy. Nope. Straight up win. Wow. The Patriots are crazy smoke and mirrors right now. You heard it here first. Okay. I do not like their off. Their defense is awesome. I do not like their offense right now at all. Uh, they this is what should they do. Not have, this is what they do, Scott. This is it. I know they should not Such have beaten Philly last right week, and I got sucked. And I took Philly at home last week. 
um, that you get the stupid double pass to Philip Dorsett from Edelman. But Tom Brady had 46 passes last week, and I think he had like 216 yards and no touchdowns. It is, it's real how how dink and dunk their offense is right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have no receivers. Yeah, but their defense is their defense is obviously elite, elite, and it'll be it'll be a fun game. I think Dallas wins a close game. Okay. You should be happy picking against your your Patriots. I like. <laughs> I can't like get excited about that. Like they're. I've just seen it too many times. That's that's why. I uh, I anticipate I will feel dumb about that on Sunday. But I, do, <laughs> I do think Dallas beats them. Um, last guy I wanted to mention here uh, before we drop way down, Chris Carson. You mentioned earlier. Uh, like you said, at Philly, uh, Eagles have had only one running back all year to be over 65 yards. Uh, should be a close game. He should be used. And he's a he's a volume guy. The volume is always there. 90, 105, and 89 rushing yards last three weeks. And one of those, one of those against the Niners. So, that, you know, this is he's gone against tough defenses. Zeke is the only guy to go over 100 yards against them. He had 22 for a 111 in week seven. Uh, I like Chris Carson a lot. DraftKings, 6,700 is probably about right. FanDuel at 7,700 probably too expensive. I like him a lot, but I just don't think I like him this week. I think Carson outscores Zeke. Wow. I will take I'll take Zeke in that matchup head okay. to head. All right. All right. Let's we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll there. Have to, yeah. Uh dropping down, like you mentioned, uh, you know, not quite the obvious in your face uh cheap guys as it were the last few weeks with you know we had Jalen Samuels a couple weeks ago. You mentioned Brian Hill last week, which didn't work out, but you know, looked like at least there was volume. He did have fifteen carries, so it's not like he also had a touchdown callback on penalty. So it could have worked out. It didn't, but it could have. Uh, we have Brian Hill again this week. 4,900 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel, but going against that Tampa Bay defense that we've mentioned multiple times is elite against the run. Um, Tampa Bay's only allowed one running back over 75 yards rushing all year long. Are you playing any Brian Hill this week? No. <clears throat> no, I think if you're in this range, the guys that were at least piqued some interest for me were um, Ronald Jones, who I don't – and I don't really love any of these guys, but like Ronald Jones was one – um, we have to see like what is up with Jordan Howard because I think Sanders is fine. Five thousand is a little a little much. Um, I am not playing them in cash, but like I could see people playing Sonny Michelle. Um, you obviously think that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but what do you do about this Detroit Lions backfield? Because Bo Scarborough at forty two hundred, if he's getting most of the carries. At Washington, is that okay? Yeah, I mean, I think good game script for a running back. You got to think that Detroit's going to win that game. At least I do. Um, their favorite Vegas does also. Uh, the Lions had 17 carries last week. He had 14 of them, which mm-hmm. is a good sign. Uh, I I'm concerned about the fact that if uh, the JD McKissick's going to play and he's the third down guy, he's going to catch passes. Ty Johnson is back. He's probably going to see some action, too. I think Scarborough looked good last week, which helped. And I think that Detroit's probably trying to figure out what they have in this guy. I mean, his, his first real action was last week. Um, yeah, 4,200 DraftKings. I'm, I'm interested, but I, I admit that I'm a little bit wary based on the fact they have two other guys that are going to get snaps. But, like, enough to not play him at 4,200? No, I, I will have him in a in a bunch of laps at 4,200. I think that the lack of other options down here is significant, too. I think that... Uh, if you're in a week where it's tough to find low price guys that we really like, I think that I can go with, I kind of like him and, and, and play him at 4,200. What about, um, what about the, the Redskins side? Like, do you play Darius Geis if Peterson doesn't play? 
Um, I don't because I think they're going to be trailing, and I just don't think they're going to overuse him. He had the nice uh, touchdown catch last week, uh, mm-hmm. and he's starting to look good. I just uh, – I don't know. I'm not quite there on Darius guys quite yet, but uh, I, I understand it if you do. I'm just not for me this week. That's fair. That's fair. I think Scarborough, based on price, is the best one in this group. Excuse me. And so um, I don't know. I just – I, there's a sneaking suspicion in me that, and I would never play him in cash because of the uncertainty, but like, I wouldn't be shocked if Benny Snell was actually the highest scoring running back of this group. Uh, I would not be shocked by that either. I just, uh, and not someone I could play. Cause I just think the the snaps and touches are, are very up in the air and coming back off the injury. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Scarborough that's, that's interesting at least is that I think he's going to, I think he's pretty certainly the red zone guy, which obviously is significant. You know, if they do get inside the five, I think he's clearly the guy. He's a good inside runner. He's a strong guy, you know, from Alabama. Uh, I just think that uh, when I can get someone that cheap and I know he's going to get the red zone carries, that helps a lot too. Cause you get those one or two yard rushes and it may, it, it makes the day for someone this cheap. Um, so we're, we're using like his enormous career sample size for the, that we know he's going to get these red zone touches. Uh, I just think that of the three guys, he's, he's the strongest interior runner. I mean, I watched a lot of games and when he played against Alabama, he's a strong inside type guy. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge amount of risk with him. He's played one game. I mean, let's be you're, you're obviously <laughs> right to make that point. He's played one. He's played one NFL game. Uh, I just think that uh, I think he's the type of guy that McKissick's not, and Ty Johnson is so whatever that I think if the ball is in the two yard line, I think it's pretty pretty uh, pretty high level that the Scarboroughs me getting the carries. I agree with you. That's why I. But that's why I'm there's there. a huge there. There's a big leap of faith there, and there's no doubt there. But I mean, this is Detroit. I mean, they they got to find somebody. You got to think that after. You know, 14 for 55 and a touchdown last week. They're going to probably want to see what Scarborough does. But, um, yeah, there's a reason he's 4,200. Yeah, and and against Washington, like, that's what better opportunity do you have other than maybe home against Miami to figure out what you have there? Yeah. Um, the other guy in this, uh, a little bit higher in this range, but uh, kind of in the cheap range is Devin Singletary going against Denver. He saw 15 carries last week. He's clearly the guy over Frank Gore right now, but not clearly the guy enough that he only had one target. Frank Gore still gets carries. He did have 75 yards rushing. He's an explosive guy. Um, you know, they've only allowed, Denver's only allowed one guy over 100 yards rushing all year. Granted, it was 225 to Leonard Fournette, but still one, only one guy over 100. Um, any interest in, uh, in, a, in a Singletary flyer this week? I think we, I just don't know how you trust Buffalo. Like, yeah, he had 20 carries two weeks ago and we're like, all right, like against Cleveland, like he should be able to do something. And he had eight carries for 42 yards, three catches on six targets for eight yards, eight receiving yards. Like I just, it's his salary is obviously low enough where it's not like going to kill you if he does that again, but you're, you're taking this opportunity that, or you're, you're looking for an opportunity that like very realistically might not be there based purely on what we've seen Buffalo do. And so I think like David Montgomery is safer than than Singletary, and I don't want to play. I think I think David Montgomery sucks. He does. Yeah, like it's a weird situation with those two. Like Montgomery is not very good, but we kind of know what his role is. Um, yeah, Singletary we all think is very good, and his role is so up in the air. Um, just play Kareem Hunt or James, James White. White. Yeah, I'd go James White before I went Kareem Hunt because I think that, uh, obviously, I think New England, I think the game will be close, and I think they're going to be trailing, but I think that a lot of James White out of the backfield makes sense this week. Yeah. Uh, anybody else in the running back pool that you're even remotely interested in playing? 
Uh, Scarborough is probably the cheapest guy. Like I think after that, you're just I, I don't you're having to take way too long to convince yourself that he's good. Anybody that I wrote down or wrote up, we have talked about. That's just it's it's a it's a slimmer pool than it is normally. No love for Patrick Laird. I like Patrick Laird. I just don't love his role in this offense yet. Six catches last week on six he targets. Did. Guy catches everything. He's Michael Thomas. <laughs> He's the Michael Thomas of running backs. That's, That's right. Beautiful. That's right. Um, I think they should be using him more. I don't trust them to do it uh, right now. He, I mean, he had sixteen snaps last week. Mm-hmm. I should have a lineup with him though, right? Even though I have no relation to him whatsoever. You should. I. I it, uh, there was a. There was a joke this week. Kevin Payne had that, right. that you were. You. You were still better than Patrick Laird. I thought that was a nice compliment. That's right. But six catch. I don't. I didn't have six catches last week. Kevin Payne, good human being, by the way. I Very love Kevin good. Payne. Very good. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, for, before we get to the uh, the quarterbacks and receivers, a note from our sponsor, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be, predicted and earned points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all our RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mention them here. This week, we're playing the Monday night game, the Rams and the Ravens. You can form your own league with your fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. I'm hoping they have the Packers Niners game. I'll have to look to see if they have that one available too. Armchair Quarterback, make every game bigger. So quarterback's interesting this week. It feels like it's pretty much the uh, the NFC South or bust. <laughs> That's a nice read. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, specifically, we, we Ryan, are going in. Ryan, Ryan Winston and Breeze are kind of the three that uh, that jumped out to me as the most interesting off the bat. For sure, for sure. I mean, we we don't have Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes on the slate. And so... Uh, or, or, or Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> or Jimmy G. Um, let's not let's not leave out the the handsome uh, 424 yards for four sure. touchdown You're passes right. Right. Uh, quarterback. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Russell Wilson is the most expensive. It's 6800, where we're, we've been used to seeing over 7000. I think Lamar was 77 last week. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think those three are the ones that you want to go after. Um, they're like paying 6400 for Josh Allen seems insane to me um, when you can pay 62 for Winston or slightly more up for Breeze and Ryan. So uh, I have no no thought there. But yeah, I think it's those three. Um, and then I think they're realistic plays like much further down. Like, I think so, that, that middle ground is kind of worthless. Bef- I, I agree there. Before we discuss some of these NFC South guys, do you have any interest in Wilson this week? 6,800 on DraftKings, 8,200 on FanDuel. Uh, the Eagles passed the, you know, we, we kind of ripped them earlier. They've been sneaky good lately. They've been much better the last three or four weeks. They held Brady to, you know, 216 of 47 uh, passes last week. They've allowed only three passing touchdowns the last four weeks. So they seem to have um, you know, fixed some of that in the back end. Um, is this a week that uh, you just kind of drop down below Wilson? Or do, do you are, do you seriously think about Wilson this week? I think he's better for, well, it's weird because I was going to say, I, I have, will probably not play him because even though the Eagles you know, over the season have been really bad. Like, like you said, they've been better recently. Wilson's the offense, but the, I just don't think his ceiling is all that high versus the, the, uh, Ryan breeze Winston group. And so, agreed. agreed. Um, and while ceiling for somebody like me, who focuses on cash games so much, like you don't necessarily need to think about it, but why am I paying more for Wilson to get a lower ceiling when the floor is, the floor is probably similar to the other guys if the rushing yards are there. And so I was going to say, usually when I'm like, I don't know if he's really good for cash games, then that a lot of times means he's good for GPPs. But if the ceiling isn't that great, like 
why are you playing Wilson in GPPs then? So uh, I'm, I'll pass on Wilson this week. Yeah, me too. And I play a lot more GPs than you do. And he's not, he's not a play for me either there. I just think that uh, it, as the highest price guy on DraftKings and I think second highest on FanDuel, I just, I think I like the other guys more. And the, again, another spot between the two sites. I mean, you look at the uh, Drew Brees, 6,600 on DraftKings, 8,500 on FanDuel. He's Ooh. almost a thousand more than Winston on FanDuel, but he's only 400 more on, on DraftKings. He's actually cheaper than Ryan on DraftKings. Yeah, that's so, weird. Um, Breeze had three touchdowns last week, but only 228 yards. Um, we mentioned the YPA earlier is down to 7.6, but only four full games. He, but he has f- over 40 attempts in three of those four games. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly a guy that the, the volume has been is, is important right now. He needs the volume to be big these days. He's not quite the deep ball guy that he used to be, throwing to Brandon Cooks down the field, uh, et cetera. But the volume's always there. They're home against Carolina. Um, how much do you like Drew Brees this week? Uh, like, Everything sounds great, right? Like, yeah. Um, but then when you look at Ryan, you're like, oh, that actually everything for Ryan sounds better, and so that's, that's kind of where I landed to. Yeah. So i I wonder how many people will try to play Thomas instead of Breeze. Like, you can play Kamara and still get access to Breeze because Kamara catches a bunch of passes. But yep. Michael Thomas is usually like the easy one to play, or you know, you can play both if you want. But, um. I don't know, Breeze, I, I just don't see why he's better than Ryan. I'll put it that way. Uh, I agree. Ryan has a fantastic matchup, nice total. Uh, good bounce back last week. He had 311 yards, only one touchdown, but he was under 200 for a couple weeks after you know six straight weeks over 300, so it's good to see him bounce back. Tampa Bay has allowed 14 passing touchdowns the last four games, multiple passing touchdowns in eight straight games. It's hard for me to get away from this matchup at home. I think I'm gonna have a lot of a lot of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones stacks this week, and I I won't be alone in that. Yeah, and and I mean, and we said it earlier, like Tampa is elite against the run and horrible against the pass, and so and Atlanta really has nobody to run the ball anyway. Right, right, and so apologies, Brian Hill. Um, so I mean, when you when you go into that, like I I just struggle to see the reason to play Breeze, other than everybody's probably gonna play Ryan, in this range. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point too. I just I just think that Matt Ryan, I think the ceiling on Matt Ryan's higher, and I think the floor on Matt Ryan's higher. So I think I, yeah, right. I see if <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball. They can't run it. They don't have Devontae Freeman. You know they're not gonna just lean on Brian Hill for twenty six carries. So I just think that uh, I think that Ryan Julio, Ryan Ridley, uh, even Ryan Russell Gage, if you like that, I think there's just a lot of ways to attack this game in a slate that there's not a lot of games to attack. Right, right. I think the real conversation is whether you should play Breeze over Winston. Right. So I, I was going to jump to Jameis next. He's 6,200 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. So on FanDuel, he's you know pretty close to Ryan. He's a little bit less on uh, on DraftKings on the you know, the Breeze and uh, Breeze and Winston are close on DK, but FanDuel they're 900 apart, so it gets more interesting there. Uh, Jameis is obviously struggling in real football, but 300 yards in seven of his last eight games hasn't topped two touchdowns since Week Four. So the ceiling has been a little bit limited with him just due to the lack of touchdown passes. Great game script. He will have to score. Atlanta's going to score on the Buccaneers' uh, defense. I guess it goes into how much you buy into this Atlanta defense and how well they're playing the last two weeks. And if you think that's real, you think that uh, you know that's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but they have been really good. No touchdowns the last two weeks. Jameis, the volume's going to be there. I, I suppose the question is whether the scoring's going to be there. The volume is nuts. Like If you just look at his pass attempts in the past five games, it's 54, 43, 44, 48, and 51. That's um, crazy. It's crazy. Um, I mean, two that's touchdowns. Like, it's just when they're when they're trailing in every game, and right. it's just the way it is. And they have Evans and Godwin, so you're like, oh, we're trailing. Time to open it up. But 
Uh, it's hard to get away from that, and Atlanta's going to score this week. There was only one game in that span where he had more touchdowns than interceptions. And oh, God. Really? Yep, Jeez. one game. So <clears throat> he threw 54 passes against Carolina. That was his one touchdown, five interceptions, and he lost one of his two fumbles. Like, <laughs> the interceptions are bad too, but he also fumbles the ball. So, like, the Week 9 game in Seattle, which was a bonkers game, uh, he threw for 335 yards and two touchdowns, lost a fumble. That's the only one. Like, next week against Arizona, one touch, 358 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Last week, 313 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. So, And the, the pick six last week against New Orleans was such a horrible pass. It was like oh. – it was like ten feet over the receiver. It was just like, how do you? It's just, it was so. It was not like, you know, you get a lot of interceptions in the NFL. Defenders are really good, and you get tip passes. But that was just a. It was like a. It was like an intramural football interception. It was so <laughs> bad. If, I think if the Giants let um, Daniel Jones throw as much as the Bucks have Winston throw, they would have the same stats. Yeah, um, three hundred and fifty yards and two to four or five interceptions. So. I think you have to go into this game looking at Jameis thinking uh, is 350 yards and one touchdown enough. Um, Yeah. So uh, is that enough? And is it enough for me to play him over Ryan on the other side or breeze? And uh, I am going to buy in on the Falcons defense being better. Okay. Um, That doesn't like, I think Winston is still going to go over 300 because he always does because he throws 55 times. But I just don't think the upside is high enough with Winston as opposed to what you'll get from Ryan and possibly Breeze. Yeah, and I don't. I just don't think the price difference is enough to, right. to make up for it. Yeah. Right. Uh, drop it down a little bit. Uh, I think that uh, you know Jack Prescott's interesting because they you know DraftKings priced him so low at six thousand. He's eighty one hundred on Fanduel, but I'm just not going to play a quarterback against New England. Not where not where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting that uh, the DK affected that so much based on matchup. But dropping down to Baker Mayfield, fifty nine hundred <sighs> on DraftKings, seventy five hundred on Fanduel. Coming off uh, coming on a little bit the last three weeks. He's been maybe been better in tougher matchups. Now he has a really good matchup. The the, the Cleveland pasty schedule this year has been insane. Um, if you look at the, the Odell Beckham stats, like it might be the worst stretch of receiver matchups a receiver's ever had the first eight, eight you know, first 10 weeks of the season. Um, I guess the question with Mayfield is how much will they throw? If they get ahead, is going to be a lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, even Josh Allen had three touchdown passes against Miami last week. We talked about Josh Allen doesn't throw that many touchdown passes, had three last week. Any interest at all in, uh, in playing Baker? I just don't think the volume is going to be there to justify it. Like, yeah, that's where I felt too. I, I mean, fifty nine hundred. You know, if you got two hundred fifty yards and three touchdowns, is awesome. But um, you're, I, I don't see how he and Chubb um, are great in the same game, which sounds crazy against the Dolphins. But I don't know. I just feel like I'm giving up too many actual raw points with Baker. Um, I mean, the thousand in salary, or I'm sorry, eight hundred in salary to Ryan, or the um, where was Winston again? 6,200. Like yeah. well, I, I would just play Winston for 300 yeah. more. Cause you know, you're going to get 50 pass attempts. And so um, when I first looked at the slate, it was like, Oh wow. Like Baker 5,900 is like pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, but then when you look and you're like, Oh, well actually Winston is pretty cheap. And Oh wait, a lot of the quarterbacks are pretty cheap because we don't have to pay 7,500 for Lamar. So dropping down a little bit, uh, the first guy that was really low that interested me is Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. 5,500 5, on DraftKings, 1,700 Fandle. I would not, I probably wouldn't play him on Fandle, 1,700. But 5,500 DraftKings, 
at Washington. The Washington pass D is not good. Um, his rushing his rushing stats put a little bit of floor in his game kind of quietly at 37 and 51 rushing yards last two games. And I think there's a little bit more there. He's actually a really athletic, fast guy. There's a lot of there's a lot of reports about that, just how fast he is just sprinting. Um, so he, there's I think he could he could take off and run a little bit more. Even uh, this Redskins defense gave up four touchdowns to your boy Sam Darnold last week. He actually has good weapons. Marvin Jones and Kevin Kenny Galladay are both really good NFL receivers. Uh, I think I could talk myself into into Driscoll at fifty five hundred if I wanted to get there. I totally agree with you. I think um, I think it's it would be easier to convince me to play Driscoll than Baker. Um, I I thought the same thing as I was breaking it down, which sounds crazy to crazy. say out loud, but yeah. I just I, I think that rushing floor uh, it, it kind of put him over the top for me. Yeah, I mean he's basically Lamar Jackson, right? <laughs> oh God, here we no. go. Um, yeah, I, I mean I think. The, the way I looked at it is I'm m- probably more likely to play somebody like Driscoll or I don't think Nick Foles is crazy. Um, and I'm more likely to play those guys than like the Carr, Prescott, Brady group. Um, and I think Driscoll's at the top of that list. Um, but Dwayne Haskins, 4,900. I did this I last did- week. There's no way I wouldn't go up to 5,500 at Driscoll okay. over, over Haskins. Yeah. I mean, I I spoke about Haskins, Haskins over Kyle Allen last week, and I, that's I had to at least mention that on the podcast because there was you no did. way I was playing Kyle Allen. Kyle I also Allen was, there was no way I was Kyle playing Allen Haskins. Was terrible, but Dwayne Haskins is terrible. Um, I mean, he's playing the worst pass defense in the NFL right now, isn't he? Detroit. I guess they're not the worst, but they're pretty bad. Not good. I just I, I watched some of that game, and I just I don't think he can throw the ball to a receiver straight. Um, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I just not not where I want to go in a line. When you only get one quarterback, I would just I would go up to Driscoll easily over yeah. Haskins, and it, it just comes down to that to that for me. I just if there were no other options that were cheap, and I wanted to drop down, maybe I'd think about it. But with another guy that I like more, I just I I'm not doing it. Yeah, I I think Driscoll will be the reason why Baker's not that highly owned. Um, yeah, and I think Baker obviously, I mean I think that game you could stack that game pretty easily, like Baker, Beckham. Landry or throw Chubb in there too. If you really think they destroy them and then Devonte Parker on the way back, like that's, yeah, I think that, easy. that works too. And I think that you mentioned that Driscoll will be a reason Baker's low. I think that Jameis being 300 more too is another reason that Baker. Yeah. Be really yeah, 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 absolutely. So let's jump into wide receivers. Uh, Michael Thomas, obviously still the top. They did drop his price down a little bit. Uh, not quite the, uh, not quite, but the matchup, but uh, 9,300 on DraftKings, 9,200 Fando. I mean, there's, I don't know what else to say. We kind of go through his stats every week. I mean, eight straight catches and eight plus catches in seven straight games is crazy. He's approaching a record there. Double digit targets every week. He's over hundred yards in five or six weeks. Uh, only two touchdowns last five weeks. I guess the only kind of a little bit of a sketchy area, but just having an unbelievable, absurd season. Um, are you going to play him this week? Uh, <clears throat> before I get to that, I think Thomas is now in this McCaffrey conversation of like, you don't have to, you're not looking like, Oh, does he have a good matchup? Or like, is he a good play this week? Like on the surface, he's going to, he's a great play every week. And so uh, 9,300, is like you said lower than last week but it's still much higher than the next highest guy um, yes next highest wide receiver which is julio jones at 1300 less um the you you pretty much need to decide on thomas um like the, the decision on thomas is how much you want to pay down at the other wide receiver spots or how low you're going at running back um i guess he probably fits in some Driscoll lineups too, but um, ninety three hundred is is a is a lot for a single player. And we were talking about like McCaffrey at ten five. 
I was thinking this might be a week where I don't play McCaffrey because of the salary that I can spend elsewhere. The 1200 to Thomas almost isn't enough. And so I, as insane as it sounds, like I think the, the most realistic build that I have of the what feels like 100 cash lineups I've built so far doesn't have McCaffrey or Thomas, um, which is something I like made fun of people for two weeks ago. And I'm like, you're fading like the two highest floor players on the slate. But I think that there are better ways to make up for those points this week than there were the other two. Yeah, I did too. And some of that is this, this mid range at wide receivers, not yeah. quite as, not quite as good as it has been the last few weeks. I mean, last week it was great with John Brown, DJ Chark and DJ Moore. Um, and the Thomas thing is crazy. Like I watched a bunch of that same, same game. I had Traquan Smith and some GPPs. I really liked him as kind of a, out of nowhere flyer and he had one target and you I watched those plays and I'm like oh Traquan's in the game every play you know him again or again score the touchdown but Traquan's in there a lot played a lot of snaps they just drop back and throw it to Michael Thomas every damn time it's crazy like even when he's not open they're like oh Michael Thomas is open like it's just and it's across the middle it's it's a lot of dump off, not dump offs but like short passes um, it's just, I mean, this, this offense just ran through Kamara and Michael Thomas last week and they were just not, there were no tricks about it. They just literally were one or the other, every play, the whole game. It was, it was wild to watch them they just go through two guys only. Yeah. And, and I think Kamara is an okay guy to have if you don't play Thomas. Like, I think that should make you feel a little bit better. Like you're not like giving up on the saints. I think you could play both. You're obviously putting a lot of faith in, in new Orleans, but on the Traquan Smith thing, like. I was thinking about this of like how many like snaps or routes he's running and have like one target, like how amazingly frustrating does that have to be just as like a football player who's like, and it's not like he runs like these short routes, like he's running long routes and (laughs) never getting the ball thrown to him. I and mean, they are they are double teaming him zero times all right, game. Like right. it's just everybody is shaded towards Thomas, and he still can't get a pass. It's not uh, like oh. with a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's just, it was wild. I mean, watching that game, I was like, oh, he's open. Oh no, Michael Thomas again. So yeah. it was just uh, it was tough. But well, you mentioned uh, dropping down to Thomas. We go down to eight thousand. I mean, Julio Jones. I love him this week. He's going to be really popular though. Great matchup. Uh, a lot of people are going to stack him and Matt Ryan. There's a, you know no rocket science there. Uh, no touchdowns since week three. We're kind of in one of those weird Julio zones where he doesn't score for a chunk of time. But 75-plus yards in five straight weeks, nine-plus targets in the last five weeks. I think I said it last week, but it feels like a blow-up Julio game is coming. It feels like a 182 touchdown game has to come here at some point. Um, I think it's going to be this week. It's hard to time that kind of stuff, but uh, I am not getting away from Julio. I, I'm a I'm a full go on him this week, even with a high percentage. Yeah, I don't think I've ever won with Julio. But that probably is not going to stop me this week. Like that, that changes this week. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so yeah, I mean like paying up for a wide receiver in cash is like something I never do. Um, and the way that I was looking at it was if I don't play, you know, if you pay up for three, not even pay up, like if you played like other than McCaffrey, like if you played Camara, Henry and Fournette or, um, you know, Zeke or who obviously I'm not going to play, but, um, you know, Samuels, any of these guys, like, uh, it pushes you down and you kind of wonder, am I missing something on the cheaper running backs? And is the difference between, um, you know, like Kenny Galladay and Julio Jones, like that different. And this week, I think it is like, I think, I think the real question is whether you think the $1,500 from Julio to Calvin Ridley is worth it. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Ridley was really good um, last week for the Falcons. He had uh, eight for 143 and a touchdown. First time over 100 yards since week two, so it was kind of out of nowhere to catch all eight of his targets. You know, you can't imagine that happening again, but obviously a great matchup. Uh, I'm paying up for the 1500 bucks for Julio this week. Uh, No surprise based on what I've said so far. Uh, But, yeah, I think uh, I'm all about Julio. You know, I don't have a problem with Calvin Ridley. I think they could both work, too. If you wanted to really stack this game, you could go uh, Ryan, Jones, Ridley, and then come back with either Evans or Godwin. Uh, We've talked about Evans and Godwin multiple times. You know, I think that if you stack this game, you got to at least have one of them. Uh, Almost impossible to to predict between the two of them. But, uh, you know, Godwin hasn't gone over 75 yards in the last four games. He did score last week. But he had, like, all these 100-yard games early. Has not done much the last four weeks. Uh, Mike Evans has been a little quiet the last couple weeks also. But, obviously, anytime he can can blow up. The Falcons' D has been better, but still gave up good wide receiver one games in both those games. Both Michael Thomas and DJ Moore had, I think it was 95 and, like, 112 yards or something like that. Um, do you have a preference between the two? I think it's kind of impossible to pick between the two each week, and there's kind of no point trying to do so. Um, I yeah, I I hate to be like yeah, just flip a coin, and but there's right. really like no rhyme or reason. And they're to it. they're the, they're almost the exact same price too. So there's no, there's no break there. Yeah, I think what's what was particularly crazy about last week is that they combined for 14 targets, and Jameis threw 51 passes. They had they had one catch combined in the first half last week. Yeah, it's like. Everybody was dropping that stat on Twitter, but like, how do you play a half with these two guys? Yeah, and they have one catch. Like, that's just—I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's Jameis, but that's just inexplicable, right there. Yeah, I just—at uh, least in cash games—I just don't see how you can ever play one of them and feel comfortable because you just never know. Just yeah, play you don't. Uh, you don't. Yeah, the, the, there's no doubt there. Yeah. Um, play Edelman. Like Edelman's right behind them. Like you know what you're getting with Edelman. Yeah, Edelman, you mentioned Edelman. He is uh, 6900 on DraftKings this week, so they actually dropped his price down. He was yeah. 7600 last week, 7500 in the FanDuel, but double-digit targets in five straight. Um, I think for me, he's a, he's a full-point PPR guy. I don't think I love him in, in FanDuel. Totally agree. Uh, he, he has to score in FanDuel for it to work. I mean, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't rack up a ton of yards. They're going to have to score in this game, though. I think that Dallas is going to score some touchdowns, as, as I mentioned earlier. They're gonna It's going to be a game where they have to do something. But, I mean, they threw the ball 47 times last week. It's not like they weren't throwing the ball a lot. <laughs> Uh, but it's Edelman. I mean, it's Edelman. Sanu is banged up. Yep. Uh, Dorsett went left early with the concussion. He might not play. I mean, you're at a spot where you they're just going to feed Julian Edelman because they don't, they don't have much choice right now. It's going to be Edelman and James White, I imagine. Yep. Yep. Dropping down a little bit, we've got Odell Beckham at 7,000 on both sides. Um, he has no touchdowns since week two. He was close last week. He was he had a touchdown that got called back on replay. His knee was down like the third inch yard line or whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, there's definitely there's definitely a clear strategy. It seems like the last two weeks to feed him a little more. He has double digit targets in both games after not having the, you know he double digit targets once in six weeks prior. So it feels like they're trying to feed him a little bit. You know he and he and Baker didn't really get a lot of time in the preseason to to, to mesh together. Didn't play very much. Still only nine catches on those twenty two targets though, which is pretty wild considering Beckham and how good of hands he has. That says a lot about where those passes might be thrown. Actually, nasty schedule all year. Great matchup here. Are you going to go to Odell this week? I think I would only play him in a stack in gpps like i have no <clears throat> no interest in paying seven thousand for relying on uh baker to get him the ball like you said yeah where are these passes going that's the thing i mean john brown destroyed miami last week there's a list of there's a long list of wide receiver ones kicking the dolphins ass right. all year long i worry about volume a little bit the second half and i worry about accuracy of those passes um i think beckham in a, in a gpp is really interesting because i uh I think a lot of people have Julio. A lot of people have Ev- Evans and Godwin. He might uh, might not be as high percentage as he should be against the Dolphins. Um, a lot of people like him this week, but I don't think he'll be problematic percentage-wise. I think he's a GPP guy, not someone I'd use in cash. 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at the wide receiver on the Browns who is not the one who had double-digit targets in three of the last four games and a touchdown in the last three. Yeah, Jarvis paying Landry up for has, him. Jarvis Landry's been better. It's just uh, there's no way around it, especially over the last month. He's been he's been the guy. I'm I'm I continue to be surprised at how uh, different their salaries are on DraftKings. Like they're just he's just he's just Odell Beckham. Yeah, it's crazy. I'd like uh, you to tell me that DJ Chark is better than everyone else in this range, like in the Ridley, DJ Moore, uh, DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, Jamison Crowder range. Uh, I don't think I'd argue against that. Okay. I, I like DJ Moore a lot also. He's 6,400 on drafting, 6,400 on FanDuel. Uh, he's still cheaper on FanDuel than he should be. Chark is 6,400 on drafting, 7,000 on FanDuel. Uh, first game uh, back with Nick Foles last week, DJ Chark, two touchdowns, 15 targets. Yep. Hard to get away from that. I mean, you never know. Jacksonville, Tennessee can turn into a, a kind of a strange game. But I like Chark. I like DJ Moore in this range. Um, he out, He's out-targeted Curtis Samuel by 20 targets over the last six games. It means clearly the guy, Kyle Allen, forces the ball to him, which, you know, probably not good real football-wise, but good fantasy-wise. Uh, you just kind of feel like that touchdown game has to come for DJ Moore. He's been, you know, he has not scored very much this year. I think he only has one touchdown all year. Um, I love DJ Moore as a player. I think he's underpriced for how good he is. I just, I think that DJ Moore and Chark are both really good plays in this range. Yeah, I agree. And the one guy who I don't normally think of as like a volume guy um, is DK Metcalf. And Metcalf has had nine targets in three of his last four games. Yeah. Tyler Lockett has had nine targets once since week four. Yeah, it's, week three, it's wild. Me, week everybody, three. everybody thinks Tyler Lockett, but DJ DK Metcalf is who they have who they have really targeted over the last four weeks. I mean, Lockett had that huge game against yeah. uh, against the Buccaneers where he had whatever sixteen targets, where it was. But who didn't? Uh, DK Metcalf leads the NFL in end zone targets with thirteen. Thirteen's a lot too. Yeah, and leading the whole NFL. I mean, there's a lot of big receivers, and and they they get in the red zone, and DK Metcalf is an absolute monster of a human being, and that's where they go yeah. with the ball. Yeah, that's I I was in this range. Um, looking for one wide receiver. And I'm like, wow, there's like four or five that I would like to play. Yeah. And then you, I started playing around and it's like, I think I can only have one. And I don't know. Chark was, is who I'm with today, but like Metcalf looks so tempting. Um, and I just hate having to rely on, uh, on a jet, which is why I personally tend to stay away from Jamison Crowder, but he's been awesome too. He has. I mean, and Cortland Sutton's been awesome too. Yeah. 6,800 DraftKings, 6,800 FanDuel. I just don't think I want to go against the uh, the Bills defense. They've allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver one all year. That was Devontae Parker, if you consider him a wide receiver run one. Three wide receiver touchdowns all year long. I mean, he's awesome. He's, he's you know, he's seeing more deep balls with Brandon Allen. I think that Cortland Sutton is just really, really good. He'll have nice volume. I just have trouble seeing a huge game against this uh, this Bills pasty. So I'm just, I think I'm gonna stay away this week, despite the fact that I love him as a player. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Do you put um, Terry McLaurin in this range, or I'm in this group? Uh, and I tell you what, it looked ugly last week with Haskins. He did have a 70 yard touchdown that was called back on penalties. So I love McLaurin. I just, uh, I, I just can't stand Dwayne Haskins right now. I just, I think, I think there's other guys I'd rather play that aren't quite that bad a quarterback situation. As much as I think McLaurin is really talented. Weren't they at Ohio State together? They were. They should have a good a good connection. I mean, they, and they had the 70-yard touchdown last week. It was just called back. Just, but yeah. I just think – I don't think it's a connection thing. I just think it's a Dwayne Haskins thing right now. Yeah, that's me. fair. I mean – And I and I love McLaurin. I think McLaurin's a stud. But yeah. I just uh, – I'll but, go with I'll go with other guys and not quite as bad a quarterback situation. Right. I think – I mean, there we continue to play um, DJ Moore, even though Kyle Allen is pretty bad. But, like – I don't play Allen Robinson because of, of Mitch Trubisky. Like, I just don't, I don't do it. Um, 
And there are certain situations where you're just like, no, I'm not going to play this guy because his quarterback is so bad. And I think McLaurin is unfortunately in that range now. Yeah, I do too. You mentioned Devontae Parker. Uh, 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel is a guy that if you drop down a little bit is a guy I'm interested in. At Cleveland, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I think Cleveland's going to put up some points, especially early. He's their clear top guy right now with Preston Williams out for the year. You know, nice game script. Ten targets each of the last two games. Mm -hmm. The Browns are pretty tough against the pass. No wide receiver over 80 yards since week three. But I think if you're looking for someone in the in the 5,000s, Parker's my favorite guy in this range. It's crazy that maybe to sound to say. Yeah, and I mean, there are guys that are in this range that I also consider. Like, I thought about Golden Tate at 5,700. It felt a little expensive, but like I assume the Giants are going to have to throw because uh, yeah. they don't rely on the arguably the best wide receiver or running back in the NFL for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I play if if I'm going to pay 5400 for Curtis Samuel, I'll just not play him because I'd rather play DJ Moore anyway. Even though that like the thousand dollars, I don't think is actually worth buying into the uh, a third potentially third or fourth option for Kyle Allen. Um, yeah, I mean, and Curtis Samuel has to score a touchdown to work right. out, and I just I don't want to deal with yeah. that. Darius Slayton at 5,300 was like comical to me because like he's so far behind all these guys, even though like the volume should be there, but I would play Tate over Slayton for sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if Ingram and Shepard are both out, I could see it, but I mean, I think you're just, that just paying makes me for, want to play Tate more, not me too. And you're paying for the, the big game against the Jets and exactly. you know, at, at Chicago ain't the Jets. Right. Um, sorry, sorry, Jets fan. No, no. Um, Tyler Boyd was kind of interesting yeah. to me. He seemed um, he seemed low at five thousand on DraftKings. Seventeen targets over the last two weeks, but only or over two weeks ago, and then only three last three. week against Oakland. But he complained after the game, which I always like with wide receivers. Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, but love, 5, I love I love squeaky wheel diva wide receiver stuff. Go. I think that works the week. I think that's the one narrative that, that does kind of work in the NFL. But Pittsburgh has now allowed zero hundred yard receivers all year long. Yeah, it's and yeah, and now with the. Who's the guy from the Dolphins? Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, yeah, I don't need to buy into a, a, an opposing passing game. Yeah, then, I saw I saw nice volume with Boyd, uh, limited upside, and I don't trust Finley at all right now. I thought he looked terrible last yeah, week. Yeah, so you just like keep going down the list, and you're like, I don't, I don't want to play Randall Cobb uh, at New England. No, nope. and then the one guy that I'm like, eh, was Hunter Renfro, and I'm like, yeah, really? Is this 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 is where I am now, Hunter Renfro? And I'm like, maybe, yeah. In a, in a in a full point PPR DraftKings at 4500, he has 19 catches and 22 targets the last four weeks. I can see it, but I mean, you have there's really limited upside there. He's he's going to have right. to score a touchdown to really work out. Uh, but you know, I think the targets are there. He's a, he's got great hands. He's a good slot guy. I think he could work on DraftKings. I would not play him on FanDuel 5900. And the guy I wanted to ask you about in this range, what do you think about Josh Gordon? Uh, I just didn't like how they used him last week or, or two weeks ago. It's the Niners last game. He didn't have a target until overtime. I just, I think the only way you play Gordon is if Lockett doesn't play. And then I could, then I could see it working out. But if Lockett plays and it's kind of trending that way, um, I have no interest in Josh Gordon. Okay. I, I'm, my thought is like, if Lockett doesn't play, I just go right to Metcalf. Uh, I do too. I'm just thinking if you're trying to save some money and, and he's 4,200 on DraftKings, uh, Josh Gordon is, I think that if Lockett doesn't play, you know, maybe in a GPP, but I don't. I don't think the volumes. He played 28 snaps last week. They did have a buy this week, but I think if Lockett plays, no. And if he doesn't, like you said, I think I just go to Metcalf and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got uh, I've got a three thousand dollar receiver on DraftKings. Yes. Hit me with it. First game back off the IR last week, he had eight targets and 59 snaps played, four catches for 77 yards. 
Going against a tough defense, but Tim Patrick from the Broncos, 3,000 on DraftKings, 5,400 on FanDuel, eight targets last week. I think he's mildly interesting if you're looking to punt at wide receiver and make sure you get volume. That sounds fun. It does. The, the Bills, I wish it wasn't against the Bills pasty, but I think as he's, I think he's the wide receiver two right now behind Sutton. Yeah. I think Tredavious White will be on Sutton. I think they will, the Bills will focus on Sutton. I think that Patrick's someone that, uh, gonna get five to six targets at three thousand. I'm always a little bit interested in that. And I think he's a, he's a, he's a talented guy too. He had a really nice catch, a jumping catch last week. He was the guy who had the catch that Cortland Sutton threw. Also, um, I think at three thousand, if you're looking for a punt, you could do a lot worse. You could definitely do worse. Absolutely, yeah. um, you could definitely do worse. There's a lot of bad things. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an interesting one because you figure, yeah, they're obviously gonna try to. Uh, shut down Sutton and Noah Fant's been awesome recently. So theoretically they go after him too, which, yeah. oh man, Scott, that's fun. That's a fun one. I, I like to find one fun one for you every week. Um, I was actually going to bring up whether you liked uh, Russell Gage or Alex Erickson more, but um, I don't know why we my, play either of them. My answer to that would probably be Demarius Thomas, which sounds gross. Oh, former Bronco. Former Bronco, current Jet. Uh, Good targets, though. Good matchup for Thomas. Very little upside, but 3,800, I'd play him over Russell Gage this week. Okay. Just because you think Julio and Ridley just take all... Yeah. Like, uh, Hooper's out, I, right? So. Yeah, Hooper's out. I just I just think it'd be Julio and Ridley. I just I think Demarius will get uh, more action at the price, and I want some more action there. And Russell Gage, I mean, the, the upside is so limited. I mean, some PPR floored in a great matchup, but he only played 31 snaps last week. I just think you're looking at... You know, you're, you're, you're really going to look at, like, four for 42 yards and i just i don't know i had i find it hard to get excited for russell gage yeah that's fair um so quickly let's jump into tight ends and defense uh we're kind of running up against the limit here but no a note from our sponsor world fantasy sports already already knocked out your survivor pool did you end up losing early in the season feeling your success is mostly based on luck wish there was some alternative where you could use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses well now there is world fantasy pools brings you the first of its kind type stat-based survivor pools world fantasy pools takes traditional concepts of survivor pools that players are very familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist instead of choosing a team to win a game you'll use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line you achieve that stat line you advance you fail to and you will be eliminated be the be the last survivor make it through all the rounds to win or split the prize pool just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to achieve to advance and win it's that simple sign up and play today at worldfantasypools.com so quickly on tight ends andrew i, I think that on FanDuel, uh, i'm paying up for zach Ertz or darren waller i think that the price difference between the top guys and the, and the mid-range guys isn't very much but on DraftKings, the, the, I think that I it's a week to probably go a little bit cheaper. But to, how do you feel overall, strategy wise, with tight ends this week? That's exactly how I felt. Like uh, <clears throat> the the salary difference on FanDuel just like begs you to pay up because, and it's not even it like does, paying up that. Ertz is Ertz is three hundred dollars more than Jacob Hollister on FanDuel, where he's seventeen hundred dollars difference on DraftKings. There's just a huge disparity there. Yeah, yeah. I think Ertz is the best play this week, though. Like, just regardless of salary, like I think he is the best tight end option. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just enough cheaper guys um, on DraftKings that um, like Fant, we mentioned, who the matchup against Buffalo is not great, but 3,900 on DraftKings is pretty good. Dallas yeah. Goddard, like 3,700. Um, Eagles have been using Goddard and Ertz enough where Ertz is obviously going to get the volume, but uh, Goddard's been such a great uh, red zone option. I don't know what to make about Cameron Brait. Like, I feel like we look at him when OJ Howard's out and then we're like, well, it doesn't matter because they don't throw to the tight end. 10 catches for on 14 targets last week. Um, 
like he had the same number of targets as Godwin and Evans combined. Um, it was so weird. And OJ Howard had that behind the back interception play that right. the, I think they got pissed at him and they're like, all right, we're going, you're done. Yeah. Break, yeah. And there's been Ford- some like talk this week that he basically like has to grow up, but so 3,600 against Atlanta, which, uh, you know, isn't bad. He had as many targets as he had snaps over the last two weeks. That's awesome. <laughs> 14 targets last week, the last two weeks before that 15 and 11 snaps. I mean, that just, it just made no sense. It was yeah. wild. Um, so, those guys, I think you could make a case for Gusecki or Hawkinson. The one guy that kind of stood out a little bit to me was Vance McDonald, which um, sounds weird to say out loud, but seven targets in three straight games, 3,500 against the Bengals. Like, I, I don't think he, I think he's just as good as anybody else in this range and probably has more targets than, than the others on a consistent basis of the long um, look of three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I just, I just think with with uh, with Mason Rudolph, he just hasn't. There's just he's not throwing the ball down the field to him. Like it's not like the Roethlisberger like using the tight end like that. Like three oh, for thirty. That's absolutely true. Like five catches for, for thirty yards. Yeah, three. three for, for, he hasn't topped thirty three yards in the last four weeks. Yeah. even with the targets, I just uh, I can't get behind him. I would play Noah Fant over him yeah, easily. I, I think it. that you know eleven targets last week, and Noah Fant has a little bit of upside. He had sixty yards in those catches. I think Jacob Hollister on, on DraftKings, I kind of made fun of the difference between him and him and Ertz on FanDuel, but 43 minutes on DraftKings really involved in the last two games. Wilson loves using his tight ends. He has 60 and 58 snaps. He had 10 targets last week against the Niners. He has three touchdowns the last two weeks. I think yeah. that at 4,300, I think, I think Hollister's playable. I think, I think Greg Olson's playable at 4,100 on, yep. on DraftKings. And Olson's a little bit interesting on FanDuel, too. He's down to, to 5,100. So you do get a little bit of salary break from Ertz there, but... Um, I think I'd probably just pay Fant over him, which makes me not want to play in those guys. I, I think I'm Fant and Hollister on the cheap end and, and Ertz on the top end uh, pretty much across the board. Would you play Fant and Patrick? Uh, probably not in the same lineup against Buffalo, but yeah. uh, in different lineups, I'd have to, I'd have different. I don't think I'd go Fant and Patrick, though. I'd probably, in a Patrick lineup, I'd probably switch to Hollister or Olsen. There you go. Yeah. Uh, defenses this week, uh, kind of tougher than usual to find a really cheap defense on really? draft. Oh, come on. I found one. I found one. Uh, but, uh, you know, the last couple weeks, like the saints last week at 2900, was like the most obvious and easy play. Like I just yeah, was. put them in all my lineups and I was like, forget it. 2900 against Jameis. I'm and for a team that has a good defense. I'm all in. Uh, I like Buffalo this week at 3,400 on DraftKings. Uh, seven sacks last week, 13 over the last three weeks. Denver's allowed multiple sacks in four straight weeks. I also like New Orleans again. I was just saying New Orleans again, yeah. 3,300 on DraftKings. They had four picks against Jameis last week. Kyle Allen threw four picks last week. Carolina's allowed 18 sacks last four weeks. Those are probably my my two favorite at the price, you know, getting a little bit cheaper than, you know, Pittsburgh's 4,000 on DraftKings. Uh, but who is your uber cheap one? I think I know what the answer is going to be. Miami. Oh, that was not what my answer was. Baker stinks. Come on. <clears throat> no, I think... 2,000, I was actually expecting, we have seen uh, sub-2,000 defenses. Um, like, I think, wasn't Arizona like 1,500 last week? Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. Yeah, and so, and plenty of people played him. I think, I mean, the Miami defense is really bad. Um, but. They're, they're 2,000? 2,000 flat on, uh, on DraftKings. If I were going to do that, I'd go up 400 bucks and play Denver instead at 2,400. Denver against Buffalo, I get that. I, yeah. I. I think we are, um, I mean, Denver obviously can sack the quarterback pretty well. They finally like broke that. Yeah. Was that 
ridiculous streak that they had early in the season of having no sacks. They had Josh five, Allen they had five sacks. They had five sacks against the Vikings last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen is a sackable quarterback, so um, I get that. But other than that, like I think we think Allen's being a bad quarterback makes him a good quarterback to target for defenses. I'm not sure Has, that actually applies. Hasn't thrown interceptions since week yeah. five. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think the Jets at 2,700 is actually pretty good, too. Although Carr doesn't throw that much, but... Um, and Carr, yeah, Carr loves the four-yard check down, right, too. Right, right, right. But I think they're fine, and um, I don't know. The, none of them really jumped out at me, but um, I, I never pay up. So, actually, I take that back. I paid up last week. So, I wrote about the Saints, and I was like, oh, I'll just play the Saints. And then whatever happened in my lineup, like I had extra salary. I was like, oh, the Vikings. Like, the Vikings had a pretty good matchup, and it was such like a stupid yep. difference in terms of actual production, although in double, thankfully then, double-ups didn't really matter. After after your cup of coffee, they were down like 23 to nothing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, I'll probably go Buffalo and New Orleans on DraftKings and most of my lineups. They're both expensive on FanDuel, though. Yeah. Um, FanDuel's interesting. The Redskins are only 3000 on FanDuel. That's, you never get anybody that cheap facing uh, your boy Jeff Driscoll. Any interest there? Not really. Yeah, me either. But they're really, really <laughs> cheap. 3000 on FanDuel is really cheap for a defense. I mean, you got Detroit's yeah. 5000 Chicago's 5000 uh, It's hard to find a cheap defense that's pretty good on FanDuel. I, I might... Uh, if I if I if I find a lineup I really like where I can where I can drop down there I might uh, I might do it there but I mean you should maybe it, you should be playing the Cowboys at thirty two hundred if you think they win that game. Uh, that's actually not a bad one. I don't know if I trust Tom Brady to throw a lot of interceptions or make mistakes, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's a horrible one at thirty two hundred either. Well, I mean, obviously they just shut them out, right? Uh, well, that could work too. Yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe Atlanta on Fanduel. They are um, forty three hundred. They get to face Jameis. They've had eleven sacks the last mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah, I think that that's a great. Surgeon, that's so. I think. I mean, I will always be pro yeah. play against Jameis. And their forty three hundred is a nice drop down from uh, New Orleans and Buffalo on Fanduel. You got six hundred dollars less than New Orleans, right. so uh, they're more expensive than the New Orleans and Buffalo on, on DraftKings. So I probably will go New Orleans and Buffalo there. But on uh, on Fanduel, I think uh, I think Atlanta. And I think maybe dropping down, like you said, maybe to the Cowboys, maybe to Washington to save a bunch of money. But uh, it's a tough uh, – FanDuel's tough on defense. All They don't really price a lot of the, the good ones down at all. Right, right. Anybody else you want to talk about uh, on this uh, interesting but uh, but tough slate? No, I'm good. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We really appreciate you listening. Again, if you could please rate over the podcast, that would be fantastic. If you want to follow me on Twitter – I am at Scott Jensen. Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. You can hit him up on there for all kinds of football or soccer questions, whatever your whatever your choice may be. Uh, the best soccer guy in the business. So if you have to play soccer, definitely hit Andrew up on there. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week. Week twelve has a fantastic Thanksgiving. We'll be at be back at you on the day after Thanksgiving again next week to discuss that slate. So hope everybody has a good holiday and take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.